Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self. Hello, hello and welcome. Happy New Year. I hope you're doing well today. I hope your Christmas and New Year period was good or as good as can be expected for the sort of year that we've had. I'm very excited to kick off the New Year and the Calm You podcast for 2021 with an amazing interview with Amisha Gadiali, who is a intuitive therapist, a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher. She's a leadership mentor, and she's the author of the new book, which I absolutely loved, called Intuition. Now, this is something that I have personally been trying to cultivate more of or tune into more. It's something that I have definitely in the past really struggled with to question whether my intuition was right or not and this is something that comes up a lot and it's certainly something that I've grappled with which is how can we tell the difference between intuition and fear and I love Amisha's answer to this and throughout this episode she shares so many nuggets of gold actually for how we can all start to listen to that inner wisdom that we all have, how we can trust ourselves more, how we can move beyond fear and thoughts of right or wrong to getting to this deeper place where we can tune into what's you know the best thing for us at any moment. So we discuss what is intuition, we get into simple ways that we can listen to our intuition more and we also touch on the topic of how to stop the inner critic from getting in the way because if you're anything like me if you try to listen to your intuition there can be this nagging voice this nagging critical voice that's telling you a different perspective usually a not very helpful one and she shares just such an interesting way to tell the difference between the inner critic and your intuition so I hope you love this episode and do let us know if you've enjoyed it come and find me on instagram at chloe brotheridge let me know what you're taking away from this episode. And also, if you want to get some free resources to help you on your journey to becoming a happier, calmer, and more confident version of you, you can head over to my website, www.karma-u.com and enter your details somewhere on that homepage. You're going to see a button that you can click to get some freebies. I've got hypnotherapy recordings, worksheets, affirmations, and you can get those for free by heading to my website. So let's get into the interview with Amisha Gadiali. 
Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Really good. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you, Chloe. I have really been enjoying your book. Congratulations. Um, can you share a little bit about what you do and how you got to where you are today and how you came to write this book? Yes. So I have written a book called Intuition, Access Your Inner Wisdom, Trust Your Instincts, Find Your Path. And my current work is really around the, the shifting of our subconscious patterns and the awakening and embodiment of our gifts. And I do this through one-to-one sessions, but through my present um, leadership mentoring program. And part of the reason I do it as leadership mentoring rather than healing is because it's just too important. Um, we, we are, we're so shaped by our childhoods, as you know, Chloe, and we are, yeah, often just running around with like, minds full of thoughts that really take us away from who we really are and and especially from who we are from like that perspective of our soul and what we're really here for and what we might be able to contribute into this world and and I felt that in my own journey I have done a lot of different work I used to work in politics and I did a lot of work in sustainability and sustainable fashion, but in sustainability consulting and political activism. And, you know, was out there trying to make the world better, but found that myself and many of the people that I was surrounded by were unconsciously playing out like unresolved patterns constantly from our childhoods. And it's inevitable to some extent, but there is something that you can do and we have access to all of this incredible ancient wisdom and new technologies and new scientific understandings of how the subconscious works that there is this extraordinary opportunity now to to actually understand more how how our mind works and I found it really fascinating when I learned that our subconscious is formed from you know the 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 third trimester that we're in the womb up until the age of seven and at that time we're in like a theta brainwave state so everything that we are experiencing we're absorbing you know that's why it's so much easier to learn languages when you're little and 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 all of these things but you don't have like a filter of what's um you know, you don't have that discernment necessarily. So you're just taking everything in. And and then when you're an adult, your thoughts are coming from mostly from your subconscious. So as much as you might read certain books and try and cultivate a certain way of life, if you don't clean up the subconscious part, then you'll still be ruled by that. And, you know, it's, it's, around 85% of our thoughts that come from that place and 95% of those, if you haven't done work on yourself, are limiting self-sabotaging beliefs and you're recycling the thoughts that you had yesterday. And, you know, and it's, it's like, 
It's just wild. And so for me, I find that as I was doing kind of the, the outer change the world work, um, I had a burnout and I went much, much deeper into into the inner, inner, inner work from both a, a psychological and a spiritual perspective. And then it just, you know, what kind of was a journey of like me discovering things myself, you know, ended up being like the work that I'm doing now with, with that lens of we do this work for our own healing and also like in service of the collective healing. And that's really an important part for me as well. I host a podcast called The Future is Beautiful and it weaves together these threads of our inner transformation and the, the kind of outer systemic change and, and where politics, spirituality, creativity and sustainability kind of all come together. Um, and, and, and this sort of understanding of how we can weave a more beautiful future together um, and that it, it's, it's a combination of what we do with our lives, but also how we do it and how we feel about how we're doing it, you know, that, that we can actually enjoy our lives and um, embrace that which is wonderful about us and every single human I've ever met has incredible wonderful gifts um, and it's it's just a case of getting rid of some of the noise and and then being able to having the the, the sense of worth to embrace those gifts. Mm, I love that description of you know those those childhood patterns that play out and um in my experience, you know, quite often people, and I'm talking about myself as well when I say people, we're not aware when those things are showing up. You know, it's, it, it's so on autopilot that we, um, we're not even aware that this is our mum's stuff or something from school. And, um, and then suddenly you start to have awareness of that and you start to, to delve into that and realise that you can clear some of that stuff away and those, those patterns can change. But it is it's definitely an interesting time when you when it first when you first start to to realize where things come from and that you can change them um and it's interesting that you say that actually in the third trimester things can be you know we can be taking things on board or programming ourselves even at that really early stage um yeah that's really interesting yeah i never quite had the luxury of not knowing <laughs> where my patterns came from because both my parents are psychiatrists and my dad was also a Jungian analyst and a lot of our family friends were psychiatrists or therapists so that was the world I came from <laughs> and I thought it was as normal as as milkmen milkmen were pretty normal in the 80s and um and and so yeah I my whole life was sort of framed with very deep aspects of personal awareness right that is really fascinating yeah do you think that's yeah it must be a good thing I suppose to have have that awareness because um I suppose awareness is the first step to changing it do you think do you think uh from an early age we should be talking to children about these things or sort of having those conversations yeah, definitely. I feel like, you know, with every generation, we get more information and 
there's more science and deeper understanding and acknowledgement of you know parenting and and what happens as to your children as a result of of how you behave and and that's increasing with every generation which is really interesting and at the moment there's a lot of awareness so it's going to be really fascinating to see what those adults that have very conscious parents are going to be like uh, when they grow up I feel like it's really good to have the awareness but you also have to have good tools because otherwise the awareness is can be a little bit detrimental if you don't know what to do with it um, because you know then you might find yourself questioning yourself all the time or maybe feeling a lot of shame because you can see how your patterns are playing out but you don't know how to address them and and shift something so for me it has to be coupled with good tools and good support yeah yeah that's interesting um it's about the shame bit I, I think probably a lot of people listening may be feeling that whereby they they're aware of things but they so far haven't been able to change them and they feel like they're in a cycle of um, repeating those patterns again and again. It's a horrible place to be in. So yeah, having the awareness and also the, the tools there um, to, to change things. Um, I really wanted to know what your definition of intuition is. How do you define it? So in the book, I've, I've tried to really explain it from like a perspective of someone that has absolutely no idea to, to going into, into the deeper layers. And the Latin word intuere is useful because it translates to inner tuition. And so then if we understand that we have within us built in an intelligence that is there to teach ourselves, then that that's helpful that we all can kind of understand that that gateway where I'm at with it at the moment is that our intuition is just a part of our innate intelligence it's something that we all have and it's it's an intelligence that is is much bigger than the rational mind and the rational mind is the aspect of our intelligence that's been developed the most through our societal standards and through our education system and you know it's like you know something and then you have to prove how you know it you know you have to say well it's cited in these three books that I've read and um and with your intuition you don't have to have any of that you're allowed to just know things and what's incredible about intuition is that it's our own inner wisdom, like we have access to this inner wisdom, but there's layers and layers of it. And so the more that we open and, and attune to it, actually it, it, like it really opens up the, the possibilities of what we might know um, in, a, in a way that's completely expansive and actually multidimensional. So the, the first aspect is, is just you know, maybe more simple, knowing something about your own life or maybe survival intuition where you just have a sense, oh, I've got to get out of this building, it's about to collapse and you run out and sure enough, it collapses or, you know, you're on the beach and you're like, oh, I think we need to go home. And then like, sure enough, like the waves come in, like that kind of intuition. 
um, right through to, to the levels of intuition that would have you kind of understanding how to, 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 to get information through like morphogenic fields and, and all of that. But, you know, we don't have to go there. Um, I, I feel like just understanding that there is more intelligence and it's real and it's interconnected and you have access to it. You, it's not just for a certain type of person, it's for absolutely everyone. And the analogy that's been coming to me lately um, since the book came out, <laughs> didn't come in time for the book, was really in, in this relationship to why we don't trust our intuition or why we, don't, why we didn't get taught how to use it. And there's a, there's a lot of history around that, which taps into all of our systems of oppression and taps into colonialism and the, the, the witch hunts where women and men that were seen to, to have intelligence, but not just this intuitive intelligence, but also just connection to the land. You might be accused of being a witch just for like getting a herb from your garden and making a tea. And, and, and knowing that that tea might be helpful for someone who's who's suffering in some way. Um, but for a period of, of hundreds of years, in many cultures, people were actually murdered for using this, this intuition. So it's become something that we are afraid of. And even if we don't know that we're afraid of it, there is that kind of that fear. And then also because in our education system, you know, it's so like, well, can you prove it? Like, how do you know that? Like, you know, that the way that we're kind of taught to like debate or like what we see on our politics of like how you kind of, you know, get something done. And it, it's not using that, that level of intelligence. And, and so this analogy that, that's, that, I'm, that I'm playing with at the moment that's quite fun is, if we were suddenly told, okay, you've got two perfectly working feet, but you're not allowed to put your right foot on the ground anymore. That's strange. It's weird, it's woo, it's dangerous. You might be murdered for it. And then we all just started hopping around on our left feet and with a perfectly good working right foot that could make us like be much stronger, go much faster, be much more helpful. Um, and and yet we're hopping around and then you know fast forward like 300 500 years and everyone's still just hopping around and then that right foot's like losing you know muscle and kind of like <laughs> losing its capacity but it's still there and and to me that's that's what we've done with our intuition so we've got this perfectly wonderful intelligent aspect of us and we've just been trained out of using it and so all we have to do is really invite it in and, and learn how it works and, and cultivate a deeper relationship with it. Uh, and, then, and then we're just much more whole, actually. It's as simple as that. And I really feel that by this reclaiming of our intuition, which is so important for our own personal healing and our own personal relationship with ourselves and happiness and calm and the choices that we make in our own lives and 
also when we're at this time where there's so many challenges facing humanity and facing nature and facing the world in which we live, there's all this wisdom that we're all holding that's being wasted. So I'm really excited about what could happen if we all embrace more of this intelligent potential that we've all got. And so for me, it's, it's really an exciting time that we're having these conversations about intuition, that we can talk about intuition, you know, that it's now safe for, for many of us, not everyone in the world, but it's safe for us that are here um, as part of this podcast today listening. And, and we can now embrace this part of our intelligence and it will illuminate our lives. Sold. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> sounds brilliant. It sounds wonderful. And um, the thing that's coming up for me, or the thing that comes up around, for me around this topic is, um, and I'm sure a lot of people are listening, a lot of people with anxiety listening, and a question that I hear a lot, and I can relate to this as well, is how can we distinguish between fear and intuition? Because we might be walking down a, like a, quiet road at night and we might have this sense inside that tells us don't go down that road is it fear is it intuition and also I think a lot of a lot of us really struggle to trust ourselves and struggle with our confidence so we might be feeling something intuitive but kind of override it because we don't trust ourselves I don't know if you can sort of shed your perspective on that um, at all yeah, well, Chloe, that's the question. <laughs> Let me just sort that out for you. I know it sounds like the biggest question in the universe, but no. Um. <laughs> yeah, that is the question. Yeah. And I have done my best with that question in the book. Um, and there's not an easy answer, unfortunately, um, because that's our life's work, you know, to, to come into that level of relationship with ourselves where we we have self-knowledge which means that we can tell you know we can distinguish the difference between the way that fear speaks to us the way that intuition speaks to us the different voices of intuition the different voices of fear within us and there are many different pathways and, and, and ways in which you might receive information. And so you have to get to know yourself. And that's why in the book, I focus quite a lot. There's nine principles in the book. And I focus quite a lot on ones that are about the healing, the clearing, you know, the, the kind of getting rid of what we call our conditioning, the ideas that we've collected from other people and from society that might be sort of in the way between us and our, our soul and our real true self. Um, and, and we have to go on those clearing processes in order to, to come into a, a deeper relationship with ourselves. And, and then it's a, it's a sense of, and, and this isn't like a linear journey as well, like it's a cyclical journey and it will keep getting deeper. And the beautiful thing about life is you don't have to get everything quote unquote right 
all the time but everything is material for you to learn more about yourself and to learn more about life and to learn more about the world and so when you take that humility and that playfulness to it then it, it doesn't matter so much if it was your intuition or if it was your fear and you're able to learn and so I feel like one of the practices I've offered there's 53 practices in the book because I really wanted to offer multiple pathways into into this relationship with your wisdom and one of these is to is to actually just write an intuition diary and and therefore you can actually analyze the data a little bit because you know let your let your rational mind come and play with this and um, and 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 just really simply notice when you have these these intuitions and maybe it's intuition or maybe it's fear and write down how did it feel like how did that information come to you you know was it like a feeling where in your body was that feeling was it a thought like what tone of voice did that thought have where you know did was it something that you were writing and then you got you got this notion like how did you get the information and and then did you follow it or not and then what were the consequences of that and as you start to 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 make a note of that then you can start to see the patterns and you start to recognize like oh okay so when I get that particular feeling when I hear that tone of voice that's my intuition and when I follow it oh look like these things open up and like when I don't when that was actually clear intuition and I ignored it and like oh yeah and then everything kind of went a bit messy and I and I knew and and so then you start to like actually almost give yourself like a, a validation loop because you know we're so used to having validation in, in the world like you did well here's a, a certificate here's a GCSE here's a, here's a degree here's a promotion um and so you have to almost bring that playfulness into that relationship with yourself because you're not going to get it externally and and even you know some of your decisions they might look look not like what what a kind of you know quote-unquote good decision is based on what we understand culturally in the world but you know it's the it's the thing for you that's the most aligned and and you can't explain that to people and and yet you have to cultivate a level of worth confidence and trust in yourself so yeah, it's not like a quick, easy answer, but one one little tip um, around the difference between intuition and ego, as I experience it, is that your ego will often highlight the problems and not offer you a way through. And your intuition will often offer you another pathway. There's like, a, there's more of an openness around it, whereas your ego can be quite like it's not a good idea you're not gonna be very good at this you know and like just talk you down and then like leave you with like <laughs> no real like where to place to go from there um except back in your hole <laughs> I find that that's that's one way um that that you can that you can trust that and, and also just to recognize that there's a difference between survival in intuition and survival instincts and the more 
like soul, life, intuition, um, and that they will be communicated differently. And so the way that you might feel like that information of like, don't go down that alleyway um, or uh, got to get out of here. Like that's a different kind of instinct to, is this the right relationship for me right now? Like kind of intuition, you know, shall I call this person again? Is this the right person to collaborate with for me right now? Um, and, and, and they, they're, they're, they're very like different and, what we're talking about cultivating is is this sort of more um, personal type of intuition because I think the survival intuition most of us have and it and it has it has that validation feedback loop as well like often you're you'll be in a scenario everyone will get that feeling you know um, and so some someone else will say it and you'll be like oh yeah I've got that feeling too like you know mm. let's get out of here um and and that's that's obviously very different from an intuition that you might have about the next steps on your path because no one else is going to have that information and other people might have opinions but most people aren't sophisticated enough to have opinions about you that are really in tune with your soul um and a lot of it will be layered with their own fear their own sense of what's what's normal, what's right, what success is. And, and so that's why, yeah, that's why cultivating this is so important. And it's, it's one of those things that you have to do alone for yourself, but yet there's great resources, great support that you can get along the way. So much gold in what you've just shared. I'm what you said about the ego I know in the book you talk about the ego as I mean you describe it in different ways but like the inner critic is probably the part of the ego that a lot of people are going to relate to and how and I'm just thinking about how my inner critic will bring up these problems and reasons why something can't happen and actually that's the the ego talking not my intuition I love that you said that actually intuition is gonna give you a way through that that feels really powerful for me and also what you said about actually this is a life a lifetime's work you know we don't have to be you know because I mean you could beat yourself up couldn't you about how your intuition isn't strong enough or you know you're you're too led by fear but actually as you said sort of using it all as information and um knowing that it's a process of of tuning into that and, and deepening so that's a relief to me definitely and let's be honest, it's really annoying when you had a clear intuition and you didn't follow it. And I've had that experience multiple times. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to then be regretful and replay it and be like, oh, why didn't I do the thing that I knew? And perhaps that's like some energy that you need to get out of your system. <laughs> Um, and then it's like, let it go, move on, try not to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about that meme. I can picture it. It's like this meme that says, I told you so. And then it's like your intuition is the one that <laughs> said the quote, I told you so. And I'm sure we've all had that experience of hearing this little voice inside that's like, yeah, maybe you should double check that thing. You know, maybe you should double check like what time your flight is. 
Um, but you you think, oh, it'll be fine. And actually, like you booked your flight for November instead of March, which is a true story. Um, <laughs> yeah, it can feel some energy in that one. Are there things that you can share in terms of how do you use your intuition? Are there have you had experiences of having intuition about something, or how do you use it in your in your daily life? I I live my life through my intuition, and that's something that I was taught as a child. My father, who died um, in the summer, he was a Jungian analyst and as well as a psychiatrist and intuition is a key aspect of, of Jung's work. And he made all of his big decisions in his life through his intuition. And, and so he did try to teach me to do the same. We all have to go on our own journey. <laughs> so, so I definitely, listened and then you know forgot everything he taught me and then had to relearn it and that was really a helpful marker you know when I would even just ask him things like how come you ended up coming to England oh I just had a intuition <laughs> and here we are and so you know he was often making decisions that were really wild and unheard of in in his cultural familial groups and he would just get the vision of it and go for it and so I had that as a marker that that was possible mm -hmm. and for me it's been not an easy journey coming into relationship with that I've definitely had to, to work with a lot of my own fear of, of my intuition um, and and that that sort of deconditioning of, of the the, the more kind of like academic sort of way of, of, of looking at things. Now, I feel like I live very much in tune with my intuition. I mean, in all kinds of ways, from when I started my podcast, The Future is Beautiful, I decided that there would be no questions and I would not send questions to the guests. I would not write questions. I would not even allow myself to think of a question. And I would do the whole thing, just looking at them and seeing what, what came up. That was really hard, like when I started it, but I just wanted to, I wanted to open up into this, this space of trust. And actually it's been a really magical experience because neither me nor the guests have anything to be talking about <laughs> and then let the conversation unfold from there. And I would say, all the decisions in my life, big or small, I, I make from my intuition and from, you know, what am I going to wear to what am I going to do to whether I'm going to work with someone to, yeah, how I'm going to spend my time. And, and it's interesting because actually I can really remember that space of, indecisiveness I feel like that's something that a lot of us have to go through periods of just like I just don't know what to do about this thing and and I had a lot of patient friends through those years that would happily spend hours helping me like talk through different options of decisions and and now 
I really need to do that. I, I, I sit with something if I'm making a decision about it and I wait for that real clear sensation around it. I often go with the, I feel like I need to do this. I'm not even going to, I don't even make myself come up with the rational story about why anymore. Mm. Um, and, and then, you know, with that, I've also now have people in my life that respect that rather than need me to explain everything. And, and that's really helpful as it, it's helped me to, to trust those instincts more and trust, trust. Yeah. And it's all the little things as well, you know, like when I get somebody coming into my, um, into my kind of heart, into my consciousness, I'll just reach out to them now rather than the not. And, and I'll just even be like, oh, you just came to heart the other day. I just wanted to check in with you, how you're doing. And, and they'll often be like, oh, I was actually just, thinking about you and I really wanted to get in touch but I you know and then then something opens up so it's also just about taking action on all of those little insights I I get a lot of intuition through my dreams as well um that's not what everyone gets but you know I am I am like very kind of open in that sense and prophetic in that way and so I I, I, I get a lot of clear information, but yeah, I think that the really clear thing for me is that intuition loves action. And so the more that you actually take action from those insights, from those pieces of intelligence, those bits of information, those little nudges, the more you'll get. And there is a, there is an inbuilt game of trust because your intuition doesn't give you like the whole five-year plan <laughs> and, and, and kind of lay it out. Like your intuition gives you clues. So you might see something of what might be in five years and then you've literally just got the next step. And then you have to, it's, it's a little bit like um, a treasure hunt or um, I haven't played a, a modern computer game, but I imagine they're pretty cool <laughs> by this time and that you go into whole worlds and you don't know where, what the next levels are, you know? And so, and, and so your intuition will, will just give you those clues and you have to trust and, and then, and then let the next thing unfold and yeah, just take action on all those all things, you know, that, that come to you rather than, and just sort of dismiss them down is oh no that was silly or oh I don't want to bother that person or like oh yeah no no that was just like I no I'm just I'm doing this you know it's so easy to do that um and so much fun actually opens up when we are able to to yeah to take action I suppose when you when you take action that you're going to find out pretty quickly whether you were right about something you're going to get that and maybe validation that it was the, the right decision or, you know, that friend was going through something that you know, they needed to be reached out to. Um, also thought it was interesting what you're saying about kind of making decisions because you know, it's so easy. If you're, if you're of an analytical nature to, to almost be paralyzed with thinking and rationalizing or thinking about every possible 
outcome that could happen or the pros and cons of every decision. And we can use so much energy and wait, like waste so much time and maybe not move forward with things in our lives because we're in analysis paralysis. And actually, if we were listening to our intuition more and then just taking action on those things, you know, maybe even if it wasn't the right decision, then at least you're going to find out pretty quickly and you're going to move forwards and you're going to get more information. So, yeah. And, and at some point you even let go of this whole notion of right and wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. That is a really beautiful day when that happens. And, it, and it's not like a point of no return. <laughs> like You will go back. But, but for me, when I, when I remember that, like how much of my life was consumed with that analysis paralysis and just, you know, rehashing and not knowing what to do. And I just feel so grateful that I've cultivated a way that that's that's not that and I have more time to, you know, look at the sky and <laughs> and go for walks and um and yeah and do and do things that I enjoy doing and and that that yeah there there is that sense of trust. And in, in fact actually going for a walk I find is a really good way of for me of 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 getting an answer to something if I'm not sure about it and 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 doing it with some like intentionality like actually okay here's my question and then and really taking that question as you go for that walk and not like spending the walk thinking about it and running through the pros and the cons and the consequences but just really lightly holding the question and then just getting lost in in the the nature and the scenery that you're in and I often find find that walk's finished it's like oh yeah this is what I'm gonna do about that love that love that so having a kind of an intention about what you want some solution to or guidance on and going for a walk and then just seeing what what comes to you yeah what, what you said about the kind of the right and wrong it's interesting that I said that and and yet nothing is binary like that well hardly anything is really binary like that right or wrong and that's kind of the judgment that we can put on things and I don't know I can't remember who said it it's something like Dr Oz or something the quote of like either you make good decisions or you make your decisions good and so much of our decisions Mm. the attitude that we bring to it you know we could be I don't know take take a wrong route on a drive home and get lost but we could as you say start looking in the up the sky and looking at the beauty all around and actually it could turn out to be a good decision because of what we make of it so yeah I need to remember that things aren't so kind of right and, right and wrong in that way was there any other I, I really like the idea of, sort of going for the walk um are there is there any other practical thing that people can be doing obviously they should buy your book um anything else that they can be doing to to tune into their intuition more yeah, I mean, there are 53 practices yeah. in the book. So there's loads. And, and the reason that I offered so many was because I feel like the way for you to cultivate your intuition will be different at a different moment in your life and also just depending on the kind of person that you are. And so there's, there's you know, you have to use your intuition to find the right practice. <laughs> for you at that time um but I find that some of the the ones that are the most universal are to to write you know and and 
and to to yeah like really just feel into I think often we're trying to use our intuition when we want to make a decision right that's kind of our lives are made up of all these decisions that some of them are big decisions and some of them are tiny decisions and you know can be the, the simple decisions like do I drink this water now or not um we're always kind of making these decisions and then the bigger decisions do I go to Bali or not you know like these kinds of things and so I feel like when you've got one of those decisions that you're making and if it's occupying some space and you just you want to invite in there's a part of you that knows what you want to do there's a part of you that knows what's most aligned for you and so you're really inviting that part of to, to, to tell you. <laughs> and, and writing is a really good way of doing that. And, and so you can sit with that question. And if, you, if you're somebody that likes the, the, the kind of ritual, you know, you can light a candle and get out your favorite pen and notebook and make it special. Or you can just scribble it on the back of a receipt in a rushed moment. You know, it's like, it, it doesn't matter. And, and, and you really just ask yourself, what is it that I really want to do around, around this? You know, what is really most aligned for me? Don't ever use the word should, even in your mind, um, because that word should, you're already giving away that decision to something else. And when you say should, it's, it's like, well, should according to who, you know, should according to who, like, it's someone else's idea of what you should be doing. And that's different to like, what is most aligned for me, for my highest, for my soul, you know? And, and so I find that really making that, that discernment around having a good question is really important. And, and then, and then seeing what comes out and, and not, again it's like you're not trying to control the words and make it sound good you're just really inviting that part of you that knows to tell you and like any practice the more you do it that the, the easier it becomes and and then you find that that's a really lovely way that's such a, a good reminder about should and yeah, exactly. Who, you know, because we might say to ourselves, you know, intuition, what should I do? Exactly. According to, according to what or who, or it, it makes it sound like there's, there is one kind of thing that you should do. There is one answer. And actually probably there's lots of things that could be, could be good or there's, um, you know, it's, it's very personal rather than, you know, one, one kind of answer, but yeah, great, great uh, thing to be aware of. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you so much for everything you've shared. I've absolutely loved it. I feel very calm speaking to you and feel like I've just had like a bit of a download of some amazing wisdom. So thank you. Um, where can people find out more about you and if they want to work with you, if they want to get involved with the things that you, you offer? Yeah, so my website is www.amisha.co.uk and the, the website for the podcast is www.thefutureisbeautiful.co and um, I'm 
on Instagram at Amisha Gadiali. So my whole name, and you can get the spelling from somewhere. Um, and and yeah, the book is out now. And there's an extra chapter that I wrote for the audio version, um, if you like audio books. And I'm also giving that as a gift for people that buy the, the hardback and um, if you go and register on the intuition page on my website, then you can get the PDF of that extra chapter, which has much more of my personal story in it. The, the book itself is very, um, doesn't have a lot about me in it. It's, it's very much about the information and the practices. And, um, and then I've also put together a couple of workshops to, to help people um, with that, cultivating that relationship. And then you can find out as well about presence mentoring and the beautiful leadership immersion and um yeah whatever else might be might be coming together yeah amazing and do you have the book there can you hold it up for the camera because it's a really beautiful uh book i do let me just there you go oh lovely that's the book and um it's it's really it's really it's it's been published by dk and they've just done a really lovely job at making it really visually easy and and enjoyable to to sit with mm -hmm. and yet it is it's got a lot of rich information in there as well yeah yeah amazing thank you so much for speaking to me my Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one -on -one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.